you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Around the NFL Podcast. Makes more money than Russell Wilson. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Anzis, and I am joined in a hotel room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Ooh. Your eye, Wes? Not a lot of pop. Not a lot of <laughs> oh, a little scratchy. zip there. Uh, I might still be jet-lagged. Not a lot of zip on the fastball there. Let me unplate Kershaw slider. A lot of people say day two is trickier, you know, with the jet lag. You, you're just tired that first night. Now it's when the real champions rise. I'm pitching from the stretch. i got to go full wind-up next time. Uh, we're here in Ricky Hollywood's hotel room, which is roughly twice the size of mine. But that seems like something Erica would have plotted out ahead of time. Good for her. Uh, and... We are getting ready for week six here in London. So excited uh, to have so many things coming up ahead for us, including our Friday night live show. Uh, and then Sunday we'll be at Tottenham Spurs Stadium. Hot Spurs. But that you could say Spurs Stadium. You are Dan is all over this <laughs> yeah. city phrasing the terminology. You could say Tottenham Hot Spurs Stadium or Spurs Stadium. But don't call it Tottenham Stadium. And don't call it Hotspur Stadium, and certainly do not call it Wembley Stadium. I blew it in a big spot on uh, Inside the Huddle, the, the Sky Sports show we did with our friend Neil Reynolds, and uh, sounded like a dumb American. But you said Tottenham Stadium. Yeah, right? I, I, I know, there is another option. I've checked this out too. Toddy House. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't believe that. No, I, that's, I, be, I, that, I I've used Lord, that multiple Lord times. Your trick. Do it's, not use White Hart Lane. I've been warned not to use that. But Toddy House, totally clear, and I'm used. That's how I phrase it from here until the end. So we're here in London, (laughs) and um, we're going to be doing what we always do on Thursday, which is go over each of the games to be played on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, and then Monday night, 
our good buddies, Jeremy Bergman, who you might have uh, seen in the 2005 film Kicking and Screaming, starring <laughs> Will Ferrell. By the way, the lesser Kicking and Screaming, the one that is less witty, <laughs> less scripted out. Jeremy is one of the child actors in that film, and he is also a Jets fan and a writer and editor for NFL Media. So he's helping us out along with our good friend Eddie Spaghetti. Uh, who's a Giants fan. They're handling the Patriots-Giants Thursday night game tonight in our mini-pod, so thank you to mm-hmm. them for that. I'm sure it'll be really like professional and balanced with, with a Jets fan and a Giants fan talking about the <laughs> Patriots. Thanks, I don't know how you Patriots fans survive with all these hardships. Um, but uh, we will now cover all of the games, and as we do, uh, it is draft style. And this is also the first week where we have you know, a legitimate buy situation because there's four teams on buy. Buffalo, Oakland, Indy, and Chicago, which means less games to talk about, which means keep this thing under 90 minutes potentially. Mm. It's in Everything's in play. I don't right? know. We still have a lot of stories to unpack, uh, you know, from what was that bar last night? Sky took us out afterwards. A lot of Wes. The uh, Lord Nelson. Mid- the Lord, Lord Nelson. Nelson. Nice pub. That could take a solid half hour. Wes um, was jawing it up with some Sky management. I had noticed him scoring points left and right. <laughs> Wes, Just having a, a normal conversation in a bar. <laughs> Classic Wesling. Hobnobbing. Working his way up the ladder. Uh, I have an update, by the way, on the ghost situation. So I, I haven't heard a ton more, uh, but there was a little bit in my hotel room, which, again, is a roughly a quarter of the size of Erica's room. And I was walking past our hotel um, last night, and I noticed a plaque that commemorated uh, a hotel that existed on the very site. Uh, excuse me, a hospital that existed on the very site oh, of this hotel. Wait a minute. That existed from, and this is what reminds you how much older this area, the, this, this country is than the United States. There was a hospital here from 1247 to 1676. Now, I want you to think about what a hospital was like in the year 1276. The, the, the ooze that was coming out of people as they slowly died, as their brains were cracked open to cure the common cold, uh, as people just withered away. And all those ghosts, they don't, they don't, you know, just fly off into the heavens. Some stay right here because they have unfinished mm-hmm. business, and they're right here in our hotel. Yeah, that is my new theory. You've cracked the case because, you know, any, any sort of uh, breeding ground for disease, death, probably some very angry people that were sent to, you know, they sometimes treated those old hospitals as mental institutions right. on the fly. So a lot of disturbed individuals, and they, one of them is attempting to communicate mm. with you That's through your pipes at this point. A Quest, female how long is individual. the average lifespan of a ghost? Infinite. Well, it, think it, really? About it. That's how, that's yes, how it works. The answer is infinite. If they if they were there in 1287 and they can see the modern medicine that's going on now, they're pissed. Like, I mean, God back damn. then, back then, I don't know if you <laughs> this guys. This is Greg's thing where he always kills old times. Well, I it was. From times, I don't know if Greg you remember kills. back then. If a hospital was just a place people would go there so that they could just hit you with a hammer. That was it. You just go right. there, and they just hit you with a hammer right. over and over, out. and you're like, thank you very much, and then you leave. Well, that is not factual. I mean, <laughs> Where are so, you getting your history book? By the way, not infinite. If you, Your job, this may be the ghost oh, picking yeah. you out, because if you ease the ghost's pain. Oh, like what, Patrick Swayze. The, well, right. The reason Sam it's Weed. still lingering and trying to communicate with you, you can't be blasé and just go do your podcast and go to the pub. You have some. You have another life mission to handle if here. I right? just Sam Weed it. It's not just a bit. You have to do if something. If I kiss here. the ghost, no, you got to buy some to clay. Heaven. You got to buy some clay. One of those pot makers, and then <laughs> more put out some romantic film. music, and it's all good. 
All right, so, <laughs> yes, this is an old hospital where you had to get the ooze out and then die. Uh, now it's a hotel. Let's get to the games. I have the first overall pick this week. And Funny how that worked out. Um, which means uh, snake style. Eric, I know you have a drop ready for snake this week. She doesn't have a microphone right now. So she's in a tough spot if she didn't do her homework and get the snake drop. She's also post. 40 feet away from us in this hotel room, which is the size <laughs> of a small factory. Uh, <laughs> all right. I am going to uh, make my first pick. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yep. I got it. <laughs> you got to share it with the room? The fanfare. I got it. Wait, I got a picture. I got to figure out the time situation here. We are recording. This is All right, here podcast. is the uh, the first pick of the draft is a late game. Wow. It will be played in the city where we usually reside, but we're not there right now. The San Francisco 49ers undefeated 4-0 heading to the Coliseum to play the Rams, who had half a bye week after their tough Thursday night loss uh, at the clink on the Greg Zerline missed field goal. And... Um, I just think this is a great game because the Rams, despite now having lost two in a row, I thought they played pretty well in Seattle. And I don't think that was a loss to to uh, hang your head about and, and panic over. I still think there are concerns with this team um, on, on offense. They are um, ranked fifth overall on offense, but they're ranked 22nd rushing. And Todd Gurley, they made a conscious effort to get him involved against the Seahawks early. But then at the end of the game, you again, you look at the numbers and he scored two touchdowns again. But he just doesn't look like Todd Gurley anymore. And I, I still don't know if that's a rounding into shape thing. He also has a thigh injury, which has held him out of practice this week. I don't know if that's going to be something that potentially keeps him limited or out of this game. Uh, but I think this is a great game. I think it's a close game. The desert thinks it's a close game. What do you guys think? I think this is a concerning matchup for the Rams in the sense that if you dig into PFF, they are below the Bengals and below every other team in the league in terms of their pass blocking. They've had offensive line issues this year. Jared Goff under pressure is not the same guy. And the Niners defense, and it's not just the Browns game, is a legitimate operation, star-studded front four, and they are dominating people. Bosa, Nick Bosa, was absolutely on fire last week against the Browns and holds the highest pressure rate in the NFL right now. I don't, I don't love the matchup for the Rams, but they're a kind of team that, you, that, that hangs around in these games at the same time. Well, it's the ultimate test. Their two biggest weaknesses are run defense, and you're going up against, I think, the toughest run game to prepare for in the entire league, especially with Tevin Coleman back. He did add a little juice to that offense, but they're, they're good with whoever they have. And then they have the, the 49ers have the best pass rush in the league, or one of them right now, and you're going up against the Rams' biggest weaknesses, with, which is pass protection. The 49ers are pretty banged up too, though. There you are without Kyle Juszczyk for a month. That's a pretty big loss. They're without Mike McGlinchey, who's their best offensive lineman at right tackle, probably their best run blocker uh, for this week and possibly much longer. They're without left tackle Joe Staley. So they've actually done a really good job all season battling through injuries, but these are a couple other big-time losses for them. And I just... It's one of those things that I can't imagine looking at the standings and seeing the Rams three games behind and almost done in the division in the middle of October. And so that's why I think the Rams just somehow like kind of use all their big game experience from the last couple of years and find a way to win this. Well, they're talking like they're preparing as if Gurley won't play 
Brandon Cooks still in uh, concussion protocol. Two of their biggest weapons. Against that is, defense, is Todd Gurley, though? Do we think there's any drop-off to Malcolm Brown right now? I don't. Not right now. No. I mean, no. But they don't seem to trust Daryl Henderson as their number two. So I don't know. Gurley, to me, like I admire the way he's running. He's still running people over, just not running around them anymore. He's just not elusive or explosive anymore. The Niners, you mentioned they have injury issues. They've only they had a bye week, the Monday night game, and now Sunday's game. So this is their second game in about 21 days. Uh, so they, they they should be feeling good, pretty fresh. The And the Rams, like I said, they played last Thursday night. They get the break. Brandon Cooks, that's something to watch. We were at the Super Bowl, and he was with the Patriots, and he suffered that nasty concussion. concussion. He's had problems. several now, and, and you, he's starting to get into that uh, area, which you never like to see a player at. It's where Jordan Reed is in Washington now. where The yeah, Austin Collie era. Austin Collie, where you get to a situation where – there might be one more to come, and then you can't play anymore. So that's a scary situation. But, uh, yeah, the Niners uh, defensively are near the top of the league in almost every relevant category. It's been an incredible start by this team. So I think it's if this game was in San Francisco, I'd be very nervous for the Rams. Uh, but the fact that it's in L.A., the fact that they're coming up back-to-back losses, I like their chances. This is, this is the rivalry we hyped up two years ago. Kyle Shanahan... Uh, his former assistant, Sean McVay, two of the most fun offensive minds. But it's kind of taken this long for it now to be a meaningful matchup. I will say the 49ers in some of these games haven't mattered much, but have a, had a pretty good track record under Kyle Shanahan moving the ball against this Rams defense, even when they were not as good as they are right now. And uh, Troy Aikman made a really good point, I think, in the Thursday night game, just how chill Jared Goff is with pressure all around him. On some hand, it's... It's a good quality. On the other, he just brought up how he's like too lax. He's like too just letting it all happen around him when he just, and he gets crunched and he loses the he's ball. He's the prototypical California boy <laughs> right. quarterback. But it, and he's so cool there back in the pocket. But this is not the team you want to be cool with when DeForest Buckner and Nick Bosa are a foot away from you. All right, so I hit a grand slam there. That was Andrew Luck to the Colts, number one overall in 2012. Now the number two pick, this is where Greg goes RG3. It seems like a great pick at first, and then as we go on, it reveals itself to be a huge bust. The layered narrative here that you've been thinking about in your mind probably for the last six hours is offensive. Uh, This is an easy pick for me because I think the best uh, – I think (laughs) – That was a weird comment, Mark. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. Mark was offended by that. Every week it's this – this is exactly like talking with a friend of yours like in high school when like the Giants take so-and-so at pick three and your friend on the phone is telling you, we just nailed that draft. It's like we're we're seconds into – That's a joke. Look, I'm willing willing (laughs) to get banged here, but why am I drafting last on the snake two two weeks in a row? I thought you drafted first last week. Ouch. You did. did you I? had the first pick. Yeah. Sit down. All right. I'm going to take. Uh, Go back I was to thinking sleep, of Russ. taking the Browns. If, if ever I was going to take the Browns, it'd be this week because Sunday we're just going to. be Oh on. damn! No, we're going to be on. We're going to be on TV the whole time on Sky Sports, so we're going to be watching a lot. But no, I'm still not going. Still disrespectful. I, it, it is disrespectful. <laughs> I think Eagles Vikings is the next biggest game of the week to Rams 49ers. I agree with Dan that that's the biggest one. Thank you. But Enjoy I think luck. Eagles Vikings is a little more desperate. And these are two would-be NFC Super Bowl contenders. 
that I think are both fully aware now, five weeks into the season, that this year is going to be complicated. Uh, there's no. This is not going to be a 13 and three Eagles season where they roll to a bye. The Vikings have an even tougher route uh, through the NFC North, but I think they're both good enough to be a Super Bowl type of team. So the fact they have to play each other this week in Minnesota. Uh, makes it a really fascinating game. And the first thing I'll be watching is just, will will the Vikings go after Philadelphia the way that you have to, which is throwing the ball all over them? Forget running against them. They're an amazing run defense. They're so good up front. I know you have Dalvin Cook, and you're going to keep Monus with that. But if you want to beat him, you let Kirk Cousins throw the ball 35 to 40 times. And if you can't win that way, then you can't win in, oh, enough different types of ways, and you're not going to be in the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. I'm already in my own head with locks. Now you just got in my head. I can't lock up the Vikings after you said that. <laughs> oh, no. Wes and I rely are... on Kirk Cousins? Wes I mean, and I, I might be totally wrong. Oh and five my analysis right has now. been wrong many times. Wes and I are 0-5 oh in locks. We're getting into history territory. We had talked about over uh, lunch yesterday the idea of staying in solidarity and locking up together. And Wes was excited about the Vikings. And I just – I can't trust Carson Wentz to go there and not get it done. And I, and I don't trust Kirk Cousins because I love your Kirk Cousins test. Like, when do the Vikings – when does Kirk Cousins win? It's at home against a crappy team in a game no one's paying attention to. This does not check all the boxes. I had a revelation somewhere around week two where I just said I'm not going to ever pick against the Vikings at home. I just think they're a different team at home. Their defense is so much better. Their running game is so much stronger. But Greg's right. If you're the Vikings, you look at the Eagles' defense and say, I don't even want to try to run the ball on but them. But I'm also I, biased. I like the Eagles. This is how I want it to play out, and so I'm sort of presenting it in my way, which is is no way uh, correct. You, you, you are really in your own head right now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, Wes told me because he said, he said, oh, this time I know what I want. This is my Aww. like lock. I feel so strong. Oh, you got to go with your first instinct. He kept saying that. That's I, the Vikings. I started 0-5 oh, one year in locks, and, and someone in this room started 0-6, by the way, once too. And so you want, you're threatening to do that. I wouldn't touch this game with a 4,000-foot pole. I would not even touch it from a lock standpoint. Here's the worst. Stay away. Here's the worst thing you can do with locks Eagles, get advice from any of the rest of, of us. Hold on. The Eagles are the team I've been waiting for to hit a steady streak and show us who they are. They have knocked out the Redskins and Jets. They lost to a bad Falcons team. They got nipped by the Lions. I know they were banged up in that game. And they took out the Packers on the road. I cannot figure out week to week who they are. Carson Wentz has had more drops than any quarterback in the league right now. Deshaun Jackson... Still not in this game, it sounds like. He's not going to be playing again. Miles Sanders comes out of last week. I like him some weeks. He has 1.7 yards per carry. They're trying to, they, the coach talked all week about getting Jordan Howard more involved. I don't know. This feels like a total coin flip game to me. Total coin flip. I'm not locking it. Oh, my gosh. I don't think you should. You've got to kill Good yourself if, uh, <laughs> if they win the Vikings. <laughs> I mean, that, that feels a little extreme, Greg. <laughs> I mean, I meant more uh, mentally, not oh, okay. physically, you know. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts about this game before we move on? Nice matchup, though. Uh, Dalvin Koku is the second leading rusher in the league. The Eagles, no one's been better than them against the run this year. On Eagles defense. are a little healthier, I think, is, is worth noting. You know, Goddard's back. Jeffrey actually looked like Jeffrey a little bit last week. They think Sidney Jones will be back. They have Grugier Hill, which is not a huge player. But they, they have mostly gotten healthy. Uh, at some point, they'll get Timmy Jernigan and Deshaun Jackson back. All right, let us move on now to the third overall pick. It is Mark Sessler. What's he got? 
Well, I am going to go Seattle-Cleveland because uh, I think it's going to be gone by the next time I come around. It's a good smart, game. Smart pick, bro. For everyone who's so down on the Browns, and that would include me to some degree, <laughs> I would think about the fact that the last time these two teams met, it was Russell Wilson, not versus an embattled Baker Mayfield, who, by the way, that whole handshake thing with, the Rush, with Richard Sherman that I brought up in the last show, wish I could just erase that entire comment that I made. Because, I bet Richard Sherman wishes he could erase well, the, it, too. the whole thing turned into a, a ridiculous soap opera. And it was He's not, apologized. He has, and it's, it wasn't on Baker Mayfield. And, the, and it, it, you can tell now that the people have put the Browns on their radar, I think these teams, and you understand why, the same way that teams put a Super Bowl winner or, a, or some sort of hot shot playoff riser because they wanted they – wanted, kill what was an annoying off-season narrative, I think, for 31 other organizations in the league. The last time the Browns played Seattle, this is how different things are now and why you should not you should have patience with the Browns as an organization in general. It was Johnny Manziel versus Russell Wilson. How dark were those times? This Browns team is incomplete. They are a work in progress. This is a tough matchup, but I have this weird feeling that the Cleveland Browns are going to show up this week, and it's because Seattle is not – Cleveland is going to lose. If they're going to go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, they are going to get knocked out by teams that can rush the passer. And that, that – I'm talking to like a team like the Niners, some of these clubs that come in, and they're going to make life very difficult on Baker Mayfield. I don't think that's Seattle's strength on any level right now in terms of coming at you. And if Baker Mayfield can be kept safe – and they can get their run game going, you can get something closer to what happened in Baltimore. They're going to be a week-to-week proposition, and they have a lot of issues. And Seattle, to me, is a team that can travel on the road or go anywhere. I love this team in general, but I think it's going to be a freaky little mm. Browns tight. It's going to be tight. I don't see another— He's locking it up! I'm not locking it up because uh. it's, a, it's a strange, very bizarre <laughs> game. But I don't think Cleveland's just going to shut it down for the year and give you 10 more San Francisco 49ers performances. Browns need this game, and you look at their schedule— they're two and three, which is not the end of the world, certainly not in their division. Uh, but if they can't find a way to beat the Seahawks at home, they go into their bye, and then they go to Foxborough. And if they if the well, Patriots say, hand it to them, look out. They're in trouble. I'd at that say point. one thing, though, also, again, it's a long season. Look at the slate after that. It, it is light. And I'm, it's just that everyone wants this team to go 7-0 and and, and take the AFC without any questions. That's not how this works. It's well, just not, the, the problem is their offense has been terrible. I mean, they've hit a it couple of big been, plays, so it's more the underlying factors that they don't. They, it's not like they've had bad luck to be two and three. They look like a two and three team that could be one and four. They have the 29th offense in DVOA right now. The Bears, the Bills, the Bengals are among the teams that have better offenses right now. And what the Seahawks do well on defense, they're not a great defense, but they just kind of make you go down the field. They play pretty safe. You're right. It's not a great pass rush. What they do is they make you do nine play drives. And if you're a good offense like the Rams, you end up putting up 30. You could add more on them. Uh, but if we, are the Browns able to do that? That's what they haven't shown. They've hit some big plays, but they haven't shown that they can just kind of stay in rhythm and on schedule and score. I, I'm with you. I think it'll come. This seems like a game that is a crazy game that comes down to the last. I minute. think to Dan's point, it is Cleveland. It, it's a big game for them. If, if they could come out and lay an egg, they're they're broken to some degree. And Greg, I know you hate this, so maybe that's part of the reason I'm bringing it up. Way too early MVP talk. Russell Wilson's performance on Thursday combined with Patrick Mahomes' stumble at home on Sunday Night Football in primetime. Wilson in the lead. That, that's, that's, in the lead. This is, this is all fine. It's more like, okay, let's, let's do a quote tweet, tweet and put it on Instagram, and it's like, 
no questions asked. Christian McCaffrey is the MVP <laughs> right now. It's like, okay, how about 11 more games? Like two-thirds of Jeez, the season. It's like, that's like when someone has 13 home runs. It's, it's the first week of May. And, uh, you know, it's Look like. It's like. Uh, just, it's not right, right? What was that just guy? Sit what was, what was the fat panda guy in baseball? Pedro. Uh, 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 Pablo Sandoval. Okay, Pablo Sandoval's got 13 home runs and it's May. Hey, I'm telling you right now. Pedro uh, censored. Pablo Censor. Sandoval censored. Oh, okay. He's the MVP. <laughs> Pedro Pandavere. All right, all right, Wes, you're up next, uh, fourth just, overall. Um, one thing about Baker Mayfield oh, to yes. me, did, when he came in last year for Tyrod Taylor, the best thing about him was he turned an offensive line that couldn't protect Tyrod Taylor into an offensive line that protected Baker Mayfield as well as any quarterback, and now it's the backslide. He, he's not dealing well with the pressure. And you look at a guy like Matt Ryan, that's a franchise quarterback. Even with the rest of the offense falling apart around him, you get the same thing every week. You don't get the same thing out of Baker Mayfield. I don't think we can call him a franchise quarterback yet. I think that's fair, but I I just am simply unwilling to panic about Baker Mayfield at this point. Because I agree with there's that. there's a lot happening around him. And, you know, it's it, I, I, I pointed this out. I think Rashard Higgins was a security blanket for him last year. And maybe it's a case where you roll in and you catch a little momentum and you don't know what you don't know when you're a rookie sometimes. And, and he's struggling, I think, mentally in pre-snap and trying to figure out what defenses are doing. And that's, you know, that's a terrible job by Richard Sherman. Terrible job. I what? don't even understand what how you think you're going to get away with that. I don't know that. what that was, was all about. With here's 4, what, here's what it sounded stuff. like. He basically made himself believe that that actually happened to fire him up because I think players get into a really crazy space when they yeah. play football. That's essentially what he said. That's, that's to the, the point where he sort of believed his own story, and then especially like right when the game's ending, like he's still so fired up, he's like on another planet. That's the generous way to look yes, at it. The other way to look at it is that it was a good way to get him in the middle of the news cycle after that game. And then you wonder, is it a La Raville Magnifico? Has he been doing this his whole career, and only now was he caught? Are there lies that can be uncovered <laughs> elsewhere throughout his long run in the league? Great. Greg, remember bringing the heat, the book about the <clears throat> like the '91 Eagles, one of the best football books ever. Mark Bowden. Well, was was it Andre Waters? No, it was Pablo Sandoval, actually. Andre Waters, I think the Eagle safety had an alter ego where he thought he was a superhero every time he stepped on a football field, and he convinced himself in his Idiot. mind he was a totally different person when he was on the field than he was when he was off the field. I could see like Richard Sherman doing that. Like Dan said, that's a generous way to look at it. But <laughs> Wes, you're up. All right. Uh, I can't believe this game is still out there. I am taking the Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Nice pick. Good pick. Solid pick. A lot how of good games get, this week. How do you get more entertaining quarter, quarterback play than you this don't. matchup? I am, <clears throat> I am going back and saying I was wrong all offseason about the Texans, and Dan was yes. right. They are fun to watch, and I just should have trusted their quarterback more. I think style-wise, Deshaun Watson is the closest thing we have to Russell Wilson. I just love the way he stays aggressive all the time, and it gets him into trouble with sacks because he holds the ball waiting for the big play, but at least he's going for the big play. And I, I was so impressed last week. They get a big lead against the Falcons, and a lot of this is on the play caller, but but it's on the quarterback too, staying aggressive. You know, a lot of guys just check down with a big lead, a two-touchdown lead, two-score lead, and Deshaun Watson is still going down the field, making big plays. I, I love the way he plays. You know what's great? Dabo Sweeney, his coach at Clemson. One of my favorite quotes since I've been in the NFL is when 
He said, you know, passing on this guy is like passing on Michael Jordan. And what you're saying is that's Michael Jordan type behavior. Rip the heart out of the opponent. You know, don't mess around. You don't paw paw with them. It's like in swingers with your big bear claws. You know, on <laughs> yeah. No, you gotta you gotta go for it. You gotta take him out and be ruthless about it. And when he gets hot, he can just devastate a defense as uh, as Dan Quinn understands that. I mean, he also has you go you go back and look at Deshaun Watson and what happened in the Jaguars game and what happened against the Panthers. And it's been an up-and-down passing offense, no doubt. And I flipped, I flip it around to Kansas City, and I think sometimes the Sunday night games can get a little lost in my mind because we're all watching them together. It's the end of the game. <laughs> there we go. And, but the, the Chiefs, it, and I know they're banged up uh, along the line, were just Everywhere. dominated on both sides of the ball by Indianapolis. And it, it was just it was impressive to watch the way that the Colts handled that. And the matchup this week, because it's sort of the last guy you can really count on that line right now, Mitchell Schwartz, probably going to deal with J.J. Watt this whole game. I know J.J. Watt isn't the, maybe the same guy from a couple years ago. Or he's getting there. They said it was, from a QB pressure standpoint, the, one of the greatest games of his career last week. I just I think if you you see what happens to, to, to any quarterback, but even Patrick Mahomes when he's under duress the way he was last week and, and, and then hobbling – during the second half. Well, he, he needs to have his mobility to be Patrick Mahomes. Wes said it well that he's so good that maybe when he doesn't have his mobility, he's only like a top 10 quarterback, a, the sixth or seventh best quarterback. But that's a pretty big difference between, to me, being the most consistent best quarterback in the league to being mortal. This is a matchup where it's kind of a circle of the wagons game for the Chiefs. Sometimes you have to manage your season, and this is a tough spot for their season right now. Sammy Watkins didn't practice Wednesday. He might be out. Eric Fisher's still out. And then most importantly, I think Chris Jones could be one of the biggest injuries we've seen in the NFL this season. I think he's as valuable to his team as I would put him in the top five defensive players in the league in terms of if you take Chris Jones away, what do you have with the Chiefs? Because he's that good, and he's not going to play this game. Tyreek Hill might return. There's so many things going against the Chiefs, uh, which is one of the reasons you're going to lock it up. Allowed to lock them up because I'm going to lock up the Chiefs at home. Because when you have an opportunity to do that, I'm just going to trust in Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to somehow figure it out, even though I don't really feel that good about it because there's so many in- indicators kind of pointing Houston's way. Well, now, here's some news for you. Uh, as you can see. I have the same thing. I'm going to be locking this up, baby. Because Greg and I, we've been notched to atop this, so brave, this, these standings at three and two. And it so is. Brave. I don't think this. There's no, this is. No, I can fine. look in the mirror fine, with no fine. problem. You can look in right this in the mirror. Did the Texans get deeper by the week? I, that, if they really do put it all together in terms of playing consistently, then they are an AFC contender. They have about four or five weapons right now on offense. But I just, yeah. But I would I'm have taken the Chiefs because it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes at home. I think it's, it's Byron Pringle at home. And when I have that situation, <laughs> I just roll with it. Greg's, um, Greg doesn't use the mirror test, he says. There's no reflection. He uses the desert test. And this is an interesting week because there's only one game that doesn't pass the desert test. Two, if you count. Uh, Jets, Cows, Cowboys. Most of these games are very close. Even this game. My test is under seven would be the test. So six and right. a half or under. So, um, and we don't, you know, that's not what we do here. You know, we, we, we 
we wager sandwiches. Well, it's less about the mirror and more about your guys' mirrors. I would have absolutely taken the Bears what last is, week. But, but your, your mirrors, w- I knew, would not have allowed it. And so you saved me one last well, week. Well, this has become a tad extemporaneous. Let's just... Um, J.J. Watt, according to PFF, earned the highest pass rush win rate, 39.2% of his entire career on Sunday, and his highest pass rush grade since 2015. So he, really good he is playing very well. It was such a large sample size of pressures that he had two roughing the passers in there because eventually you're just going to hit the quarterback too many times. Oh, for sure. All right, Wes, it's snakes. Over to you. Ricky, hit it. Uh, I'm going Saints-Jaguars for my second pick. How no comment on Erica's amazing drop right there. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Incredible. She nailed it again. Uh, Mark, that, that pick is available for trade. Okay, we can negotiate later. All right. If you're not, you know, tied up talking to Sky Sports management figures tonight again for two hours plus. It's like, hey, Wes, you want to throw some darts? I'm company. busy here. I'm climbing the ladder. <laughs> Wait, I was just talking to a guy in a bar like I've been doing my whole life. I'm not much for darts. I'm networking, don't you see? I feel about darts the way Mark feels about all parlor games. I mean, you should be happy about darts because your wife, Lakeisha Wesley, pulled off the greatest upsets in Super Bowl three, hitting a bullseye to win it at the end. Yeah, she beat by one point. She's known to hit a bullseye or two. I wasn't even that stunned. If you had watched her 24 throws before that, you uh, you would have been surprised. Wow, you just besmirched my wife's dart skills. (laughs) A lot going on in the last 10 seconds or so. Go ahead, Wes. Uh, Saints-Jaguars. I really – I said this after Sunday night that Sean Payton would be my early vote for coach of the year. And then after watching the way he's built Teddy Bridgewater's confidence, and it feels like – in a dream world, this is how every coach would build a quarterback's confidence. You surround them with good special teams, good defense, great offensive line, Kamara and Michael Thomas, and you let him eventually, after three or four weeks, build up his confidence to the point where he's taking chances downfield and is starting to look like the old Teddy Bridgewater again. Tough mm. matchup in theory for Bridgewater, but in reality, it's not. The Jags' defense needs to be way better. They've kind of fallen apart this year quietly. They're a below-average defense right now, which you do well, not— Well, their best player hasn't wanted to play the last couple Right, of and Jalen Ramsey might be back uh, this week. Sounds like he's practicing on a limited Oh, this is basis. great, by the way. So the team finally says, we've had enough of this BS. You have a back injury? Go see a back doctor. So, this is from Rap Sheet. On the team's request, he hops on a plane and visits a back specialist— and guess what? As soon as he gets back to town, he's on the practice field. Because what do you think the back doctor said? He's like, you fine, boy. Get back on the field. <laughs> so now he has to play until he comes up with another excuse. Now, that to me is the funnest uh, subplot, subplot of this week. What is the next Jalen Ramsey excuse not to play football? Mm. Well, I think what if he plays this week? He matches up against Michael Thomas and... That's an incredible. That means he doesn't. Uh, he won't be able to think of an excuse in time. Is that even the best? I don't. That, okay, that's the best matchup. But Lattimore on DJ Chark is pretty good too. Lattimore the last two weeks has has been incredible. But just to go further on the Jags, yeah, so is DJ Chark split. Yeah, Jags offense right now is seventh in DVOA. Defense is twenty sixth. That's kind of hard to believe. Godner Minshew, by the way, has not really played at home, except for that one Thursday night game. He hasn't been able to field like, the, the Minshew mania has been on the road, and he's done a nice job, but I feel like that crowd and Minshew together. At the big chlorine tank. Formidable. 
They also they had nine sacks that last time they were at home again against Tennessee and I'm Gardner, locking up the Jaguars. Oh, I like that, Wes. Wow, I like that. This is the Saints defense, though. I think Saints defense travels well. He He's so in your head right now. You just like one thing, and you just you swiped your arm desperately. It's tough when you're when you're zero and five. You know you're. Well, you, yeah, you've gone against the Saints a couple times. The, the Saints might have. A- oh, I forgot. That's why I wasn't going to lock up this game because I the Saints oh, already no, burned just, me twice. Is, dude, you just locked up against the Saints again. Man. What this are you is doing? As I, I think as the Jaguars are going to win this game too. But the the Saints oh. might have the best like O line D line combo. They're playing so in the well right, right now. now. The Saints. Well. Oh man, what did I do? <laughs> Leonard Fournette. Maybe this is the only way to break it. Is to kind of really put yourself out there, which you've done here. All right. All right, Mark, you're up. One question: Could Shad Khan trade uh, Jalen Ramsey to his Fulham soccer team for the rest of the year, just to end Jalen Ramsey's his all his desires shut out, but he doesn't lose his property, and then he keep, brings? I'm him not back sure later. who wins that trade. The soccer team doesn't get any value. Just call them property. And with, is a soccer player going to play on the Jaguars or something? What is? He happening? doesn't want to play football. That includes all football. <laughs> just saying, get him out of the scene. All right, here we go. My second pick. I am not interested in any of these late games. They are they're stink fest for the most part. Uh, so I'm going to go early again, and I'm going to go with the game that is the most interesting game to me of the week. And you're going to tell me it's a terrible pick, and that I don't know how to process this entire thing. The Redskins at the Dolphins. Oh my God! I'm, I mean, that actually, I probably would have taken it. This is the best Dolphins game of the year. It's got to be. It's the only one that they really, I mean, it's the only one that's not pointless. What I hear over and over is everyone telling me the Dolphins are, this is the week that they're going to go in and drop a bomb on the Redskins. I think it's the opposite. I think Washington's defense is going to absolutely neutralize Josh Rosen, the entire Dolphins offensive line. <laughs> it's a tall I watched order the Redskins last it up. I took a note last week that the Redskins, I thought, had maybe the worst offensive uh, line performance that I'd seen all year, but then I just forgot about the fact that the Dolphins exist week after week and they were on by. These are two terrible offensive lines, so that could equal some immense defensive chaos for the Redskins, who I think are going to make life... They made life tough on Brady, I thought, early on in that game last week, and now you're playing an absolute roaming stink fest in the Dolphins. So let's can see I, what happens. Can I say why I would never pick this game and probably never watch it is... I, I don't what doubt is there this to is learn? your take. What is there to learn? What is it? Well, it's a big game for the number one overall pick. I do find the Dolphins interesting because the, mean, the whole this whole idea I mean, of tanking. It's 11 weeks left. It's so weird. Yeah, and, but you're interested by the idea of what they're attempting to do. Yeah, not but I'm on interested in how it plays basis, out for the play. actual humans doing it, how undermanned they are. Like Taco Charlton can't even stay on the Cowboys roster. He comes to Miami, and he's their number one defensive he's been, he's line, been their, number, their number one defensive end in terms of snaps. It's just strange. And then I'm interested in Josh Rosen, who has made some throws and then has you know hasn't scored a point, and neither did Fitzpatrick in the second half of games. The, th- the problem with Rosen, and they announced this week he's going to start the rest of the year. That, that's the plan. And, and, and by he the might way, get Albert Wilson back this week, which, which helps. He doesn't know how to manage the game, which is a pretty – significant part, I think, of a quarterback's job. Like, you can kind of tell the the smaller things he does not excel at. I derive a particular thrill in picking games that Dan does not find enjoyable and then watching his head and mind totally spin out of control because he's like, 
cannot comprehend that I didn't take some four o'clock Fox game with Troy Aikman. It's like, I'll watch it when I want to. I, we're not even going to get to observe Love these this. games the way that we normally do. We're going to be in a for stadium, the integrity of the like draft, chatterboxes. Though, it's, in, it's total integrity. For the integrity of the draft, though, you want to look at it as if games that you would want to watch if you could. I have as much integrity as the Redskins and Dolphins do this season. If the Dolphins win this game at home, the talk becomes, oh my God, are they going to beat the Bengals at home later in the year? Exactly. Are they going to beat the Jets at home maybe later in the year? Okay. Are they going to – so that appeals to you? That appeals to you that that will be the talk? I mean, I find the Dolphins. Wait, There's wait. so many fun things in the league to talk about and think about. Why By the do way, we care different about these people, games? different preferences, Dan. Okay, just Bill, Bill Dolphins Callahan still haven't says, scored a point in the second half, correct? Yeah, that's true. 81 zip. Bill Callahan said they're going to focus on the running game much more now that he's the coach. What could go wrong? So there you go. The, the, Dolphins, the Dolphins do have a bye week coming. They're coming off. A lot of time to prepare for the opponent. Let's Watch go, Brian Flores. Let's I don't do doubt something. that the, the, the preparation happening in this Miami think tank right now is going to be nothing short of devastating and, for the and Redskins. And how bad are the Redskins? Like. By the way, there's a headline this morning, Bill Callahan brings fresh attitude to Redskins. It's like, okay, bro. They're so bad that they started out as pretty big favorites in this game, and everyone... The desert the pub, season the public is went, the public went field with goal the Dolphins, better. but maybe that's not a good sign for them. Hmm. If, you, if the desert sees you as essentially a field goal better that a team that's actively trying to lose every game, you're doing something very wrong. All right, uh, up next, Greg Rosenthal. Pick two. Is it now? <laughs> Stolen! <laughs> Greg's draft board. Uh, no, being I'm created as I might speak. go kind of with the similar thing of Mark. Uh, I'm going to go late and just get my late game out of the way. Uh, Falcons-Cardinals, two bad teams. The, the, this late slate isn't... Uh, too delicious, but I, of the bad teams, these are two that I don't mind watching, especially the Cardinals. The Cardinals are number one right now in run, running DVOA. They're adding new plays each week where David Johnson and especially Kyler Murray and even Chase Edmonds, who's a nifty little player, uh, have some fun plays. Back nifty. They're nice. trying to find who they are, and, and what I've learned by watching a lot of Falcons game, if you have offensive troubles, just play the Falcons, and they will solve everything for you. So I actually think this might be a Cardinals game that we expected all year where it's 35 to 31 because Atlanta's going to score in this game too and I, I think there'll be a lot of a lot can, of scoring it won't be, be entertainment, not much meaning but game. I think there'll be some good play Julio Jones yeah. is playing like Julio Jones this year he looks like still one of the best three wide receivers in the league there's a lot to watch I think you're right I mean the, the Falcons just a devastating week last week allowing nearly 600 yards 420 plus through the air and the Cardinals, you can see, and I wasn't impressed with this offense at much at all early on because they just, I wanted to see something strikingly different visually, and it looks to me like just a lot of other football, but they are starting to allow Kyler Murray to run a little bit more. He's using his legs. I think, you know, it's easy to forget that this is a guy that's only been in the league for five weeks because he was just presumed to be the starter who's going to produce right Barely away. in college, too. Well, he—I think he, you know, he's quietly been everything they could have asked for, and it, you, there's a long way to go. But to me, this matchup—I'm uh, maybe I may—I perhaps made the wrong pick by taking Redskins oh, wow. Dolphins. This feels slightly spicier. Traded. He was very but, hot about it. But no. But here's no, the thing. Like here's how this thing actually works. I can equally just watch that with my eyes well, at the okay. same time. I could be um, having drinks with Dr. Chow and Sherman Oaks and watch this game if I want to. Anything can happen. I mean, we are contractually <laughs> obligated to be in London to be covering the games. I don't think you can go chow it up. We, well, I'll be doing that next week. When we did our uh, Inside the Huddle show with Neil Reynolds, as Greg mentioned earlier, on Sky Sports, he asked us about our biggest disappointments uh, through 
the 20, the, you know, thus far in the season. And for me, the obvious one would be my favorite team, the Jets. But outside of that, the Falcons to me are depressing because that's it. Their Super Bowl window shut. And if you were there and you were at that Super Bowl and you saw, or if you watched it on your couch, how crushing that game was and the fact that they were able to come back the next year and still be relevant and even win a playoff game. And now we've seen them degrade, degrade further last year, losing, I believe, nine games. And now this year, one and four and looking like they are uh, going nowhere fast. It just, again, is a reminder why when you have that opportunity, and this is, this is not any you know sports genius analysis, but it's just the reality of life with anything in life. When you have your opportunity, you got to strike and pounce on it. They didn't do it, and now it looks like Nat Ryan's young enough where maybe they could rebuild around him again and take another shot, but there's a better chance that that was it, and this, this Falcons team uh, and this era will always be remembered for that game, and they don't get another shot at it. So that that's where I'm at with the Falcons right now. They're just a tough watch and a bit of a depressing watch. Well, I think to put a stamp on it, which are they even better than the Cardinals? Who's the? I'm favorite? not sure. If they can't win this game, they're not, they might not win a road game all year. I don't, I don't know, what, I don't know that the Falcons like, are better than the Cardinals. Yeah, so what I would does not. better mean? Like the Falcons are, feel like a four and eleven, four and twelve, five and eleven operation right now. All right, uh, I'm up next, and I will take an early game because I uh, I'm going to be a little late game heavy, so don't have a great choice here. But I don't want to watch the Bungles, so let's go with the Panthers at Bucks. Um, you know, we're yeah. going to be there. What's that? We're going to be there. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That, that's, that's good. Feels, that, that works out. I like, feels, that Dan, I like that Dan was not aware that we were covering that game. <laughs> yes. while he picked it. That feels like a game where that, are we right that now? all four of us may have takes on. But that's uh, we are, yes. that feels like one that's not eligible. Is that uh, not? He's, no, he's like, it's got to be a great home crowd in Tampa. <laughs> the, the, the pirate ship you is have said really going to be floating. <laughs> you should not have said anything. I might have kept going. Yes, this will be played at Spurs Stadium. And uh, we we'll will be, be on there. The sideline. That's we'll be, be on the sideline and on the jumbotron. If you are in the the Wait, UK or pick, actually other parts of Europe, yeah, you can catch us with Hannah Wilkes. Right? Is that it? You've you've yes. on the sideline throughout the game. How about that? But you, I don't, I don't. I'm going to step in here from a league perspective and say <laughs> you've just is taking yourself out of work essentially you're like we're all going to be watching I will this be together. the one truly watching the game is how I'll be looking at it <laughs> someone has to officially is, cover it that though. is it makes sense we have gone so far from the the integrity of this process at this point uh, no the opposite. you're killing me I, for dolphins redskins and you're taking this as this your is, game. it's important to have eyes someone on this has game to take it. and I will have the eyes on the game and it's a, it's a fun game because uh, a couple weeks ago you would you thought this was going to be a dog here in London, but instead you have the Panthers who are playing really well, um, and obviously we know that Christian McCaffrey, who you know it's maybe a little bit early, but when you look at the MVP race, I mean, and I know a running back hasn't won this award since Adrian Peterson, but Christian McCaffrey, blah 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 blah, but he's incredible. <laughs> the Bucks defense can they handle McCaffrey? I don't know, but you, uh, they did it last time. They were the only team to do it all year. If you didn't true. watch that game, this is a game pass game to watch. Christian McCaffrey gets better every week, and he is making moves that I'm not sure I've ever seen running backs make. I'm a little nervous. He showed up in the injury report with a back, and he did that flip into the end zone last week. I hope he didn't jack himself well, up. He didn't finish that game. He, right? Well, he wasn't yeah, healthy. He had the cramps. Some of the missed tackles he forced 
by the Jaguars defenders were just incredible to watch. He when he came in, I thought, okay, Alvin Kamara is definitely better than Christian McCaffrey. The next year, 2018, Kamara is probably better than Christian McCaffrey. And then this year, I'm thinking, I don't think Alvin Kamara is better than Christian McCaffrey. I don't think he's played better now. I'd still take Kamara. We'll, we'll see. The Bucks shut McCaffrey down. They sh- they have a really strong run defense, and they have. Other than that, like just a lot of hope and prayer on their defense. It's kind of a matchup. Like which team scheme who's been covering up for a lack of talent can do it for another week? Because I feel like Todd Bowles is just throwing stuff against the wall, blitzing like crazy because he does not have players. If Shaq Barrett has a, doesn't have a pass rush, they don't have anything. And then the Panthers have kind of done it the other way around on offense, like scheming for Kyle Allen and doing a nice job. I think the, like the Kyle Allen game against the Cardinals, like the, the power of first impressions that he played so well against an awful defense, it, it maybe changed a little bit too much what people think about him because he's had issues with fumbles since. I mean, he's not protected the ball well, and you can't roll week to week losing he's been the football okay, two he or three times. I think he's he hasn't fine. been just, like the reason they should lose, though. I'm not, I'm not putting him together with – he's not been, been, been as good as Gardner Minshew. I agree with that for sure. He's not been as bad as Chase Daniel. Well, Chase Daniel is just a, a career backup at this point. Like, there's still hope that Kyle Allen could be something more. I think and it's been three games, and you know you, they're getting more tape on him. They're going into a bye. It'd be interesting if they win this game. They're four and zero with Kyle Allen. You would think the bye might be a time you'd hear more about Cam Newton coming back. Yeah, that's something to watch. Because if they keep winning, and I know Allen. You know, we're just talking about it. It's not playing out of his mind or anything. Would there be the temptation just In to keep not rock the boat? Do I say mind? Yeah. <laughs> My mind. My mind. All right, let's snake it, Ricky. Dallas Cowboys and New York Jets. I got banged last week because I uh, – I, I reached for my Jets thinking Darnold would be back. You know, I wasn't the only one that reached uh, thinking Darnold would be back. It was Adam Gase as well, uh, and that led to uh, more trouble with Luke Falk, who we'll never see again, by the way. I, I'll put a sandwich out there. If he ever takes another NFL snap. That's stinky bait. <laughs> that is stinky will, bait. I'm not taking it. We had that with, well, uh, that, with Ryan Lindley. Yes, we did. And, and I, the new took the think, I thought we're going to find a way to see Ryan Lindley at some point. Never played again. Well, you're, I owe Wes a sandwich That's there. essentially, though, saying Sam Darnold will play every snap for the rest of the year, which maybe is not a Jetsy thing to have. No, <laughs> that's true, and that's where the risk is and where maybe you have the opportunity. But I would think Gase would be smart else? enough to go get someone now that gives you a better well, chance. What? Go He's get a Brock Osweiler. Why didn't, he do, it? Why didn't he do it before Luke Fock or another, It was another mistake by Gase, who has not had a good start to the season. But like I said, now we can begin to – truly judge whether the Jets are going to be able to improve the season because now you're going to have Darnold. He had the symptoms of mono in the week one game against the Bills and then missed every game since. The Jets have lost games and not been competitive. Uh, So they get Darnold back, who, in addition to being a far superior passer to Luke Falk or uh, Trevor Simeon, who was Luke Falk-like in his half before he uh, blew out his ankle against the Browns, uh, Darnold is... Got a better arm. He's more accurate. He's a bit, and mo- most of all, he's able to read the field and read defenses and get into different types of plays and make things happen. That just there was the Jets had no chance on offense the last few weeks. So people that are killing um, Gase for 
not having the right backup quarterback and not choosing well or not choosing a, a better third-string quarterback, I, I guess you can get on him. But at the end of the day, now we get to see if they can move the ball. They were also supposed to get back Chris Herndon, the tight end, but in pure 2019 Jets um, circumstances, he pulled a hamstring uh, running on Friday on his own, and now he's week to week, so he's not coming back. I mean, but you They will be better, the Jets. Are they better to beat – the Cowboys, I don't think so, but I, I think this is a game because I think Dallas is a little shook right now after what happened uh, the last two weeks, especially what happened in Big D. So I think that um, this could be a closer game than the desert believes. I don't think the Jets come at it with their first win, but I think Darnold makes this game fun to watch. You rightfully talked about the theme of the 2019 Jets and everything that can happen and all the bad stuff, and it has been frightful, no doubt. I mean, if you if someone were to present you with a written script over the course of like 15 pages of what's happened over the first five weeks, you would have fainted and probably never recovered and we would never have seen you again. The show would have folded. Our careers would have ended. <laughs> so I'm glad that didn't happen. But, I mean, they have scored 23 points since, Darnold, since Darnold's been out. It's hard to do that, to be that bad in the yes, NFL. It's I'm, been it, historically but, awful. But at this point, I would say if you're a Jets fan, you have to almost package all that hardship and sell it down the river because – this is what you signed up for, and this this is the the, the the other people believe too. For some reason, this is the Romo Nance game, and the best thing that could happen is Romo, you know, waxing poetic about all the great things he's seen from Sam Darnold. No matter what's happening score wise in this game, you want to hear him see going off on how beautiful Sam Darnold looks in this thing. That said, if Dallas lost to the Jets. They are done in my book. You cannot go in and lose to the Jets. I mean, it's early. No, I did. come people on. Are, people are being weird about the Cowboys. They're panicking for some reason. I agree. I didn't see that game last week because I was covering the other game, and I went back and watched Reverse it. Reverse humble brag. I didn't get the sense the Packers were the better team. The Cowboys, this idea that Mike Patton was eating Kellen Moore's lunch, give me a break. The Cowboys were marching up and down the field with chunk plays in the first half, and uh, Amari Cooper drops a touchdown right in his hands for an interception, and it, it, people are acting like the Cowboys aren't moving the ball. They moved the ball for 568 yards and are now the number one offense in the league, according to DVOA. Then They've got a tough matchup this week. I've been really impressed with the, how hard the Jets' defense has played. They've been a pretty good defense. They're 10th in defensive DVOA. Neville Hewitt and Jamal Adams really struck me last week. It was 24-6. to The Jets had just kind of lucked into a touchdown where they got a turnover in, a, in an end around. The game's so over. And I think the Jets forced a three and out. I might be missing a detail or two here. And Adams and Hewitt, who have both played great this year, I don't know where Neville Hewitt came from, are jumping around and celebrating like they just won a playoff game. And they gave up 17 points in about 12 or 13 drives against the Eagles. And if you really look at what they did against the Eagles, they've been a solid defense. And I just, I guess I'm impressed how hard they're playing when they have no hope to win each this week. This is why you can't ruin Jamal Adams. He's he's so pure. Right. Like, does it, he doesn't matter how bad his team is. He plays like that every week. And even though it's, you know, you give some credit to Greg Williams for them playing hard, I bet it is Jamal Adams. It's that it's a leadership because they're not getting a ton. Lenny Williams had a good game last week, but he, you know, they're not getting a ton from their defensive line. I just think they've been active, and so I don't think this is. I don't a think that's giving the Greg Williams enough credit. I think he's a good defensive right. coach. Right, I think he has the right sort of. He's a captain jackass, on the field but he's a Jamal good coach. Yeah, and he's got him coach up. And C.J. Mosley, by the way, who they gave a trillion dollars to, and he left the first game of the season in the second half with a groin injury. 
and then promptly the Bills came back and, and beat the Jets, sending their season into a spiral. He practiced the next week, I believe, and then got ruled out, and he's still out. They're coming off a bye, still out, and he won't be playing this week. So it turns out to be a groin injury that it could cost them half the season, if not more. So they've been able to work around that. Uh, they just need to show some um, – uh, guts on offense and put up some points. All right. Well, my, one, my one concern, though, is that Darnold's still playing behind an awful offensive line. I, it's it's going to be a challenge. They tried they to shook change it up. Yeah. They tried to change it around last week, and it seemed to play worse. They, I think they changed two of their starters. It's a major issue. That really will be, started. mark my words, the number one um, draft <laughs> target. They might take two offensive linemen in their first two picks. All right, let's move on. Greg, you have the penultimate pick of the draft. Yeah, and because, you know, I like um, Chris so much, you know, longtime friends, I'm just going to leave the Titans-Broncos game for him because that's the West Bowl. I mean, those are his two favorite teams. That's they just, play the two most boring friend. brands of football in the league, and West just says, I need to have that game or else I'll hate you. So I will take uh, Lamar going up against the Bengals. I think Lamar West needs- said that to me privately in between hobnobbing and networking and handing out business cards. He's like, if Greg double-crosses me. Go ahead. Uh, I, maybe Lamar needs me. I had him the first couple weeks. It was it was delicious to watch him play live. Haven't watched Gross. him play live since, and they've been struggling. And this is great to play uh, a Bengals defense that hopefully won't uh, present too many problems. You get Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews back involved. They've both been very quiet the last three weeks. I'm not panicking about the Ravens either. I think – they're going to be a little up and down. They're not a totally complete team, but they're the type of organization like the Patriots, who I think can figure things out as they go and potentially have the talent to be much more dangerous in the middle of December than they've showed week to week. They've been very erratic, and they've been helped out enormously by the schedule gods by playing Devlin Hodges and then the Bengals in back-to-back weeks. Get a win. Four this is... Two. Lamar Jackson, this is big for your making the leap piece because he's you know been a little hot and cold the last few weeks. Throw out a you know 100 yards rushing, 217 yards passing, you know four total touchdown day. We're right back on course with making the leap, and you got the right setup for it. I mean, his numbers if you pace him out are good. He's gonna he sort of was due to come back down to earth. I'm more. Interested to see if the Ravens, too, uh, their defense did a good job, I think, against Pittsburgh. And you should – this Bengals offense is very easy to shut down. If they're anything like the Ravens' defense should be, they should shut down. Well, the Bengals are an attack right now centered around Tyler Boyd. <laughs> I mean, they're good just – it, It's kind of like last year. They got they, – they, I'm not saying they're even nearly as good as they started last year. They're, they're, they've been a total travesty. But injuries ravaged the team last year, and it's happened again. Can we ple- – we are, as we tape this – we are 20, 18, We are nineteen days away from the trade deadline. Can we get AJ Green out of town? Can we send yeah. him to a contender? Can we see AJ Green once he gets healthy playing in games that matter? First round pick to the Patriots. Let's do it. I'm with you. anywhere but the Patriots. <laughs> anywhere but the Patriots. <laughs> Where are you on the Patriots, Wes? Because you obviously were very outspoken. They're dead to me. I don't pick them in Antonio any. Brown I, situation. I, I I watched them last on Game Plus every week. I don't pick them in any of these games. All games we cover. Are they are too, dead but... to me. I don't respect their head coach anymore. They're well, dead that was to my me. question. So, if, if you're new to the show or perhaps don't remember this, Wes got very angry and lost a lot of respect for Antonio or for Bill Belichick and the Patriots Why over are we the Antonio talking about Brown the situation. Bengals? Now. <laughs> <laughs> the Patriots decided to bail, and they said, 
this isn't working. And they quickly got out after one game. And I was just curious because we've never followed up on this if that perhaps saved your relationship. No, they get no credit whatsoever for bailing on him when – they should have bailed on him long before that. It took until there were rape allegations before they finally washed their hands. They get died. zero it's credit just, for that. It's just lobbying Stirring the pot. And so the- I'm going to counter fire and, uh, <laughs> with the, the math that Dan was doing fresh in my mind. My uh, mind. Bringing back uh, one of my favorite <laughs> moments from last night. We played some darts. And in that dart game, we had to half. We had, you, you, your score was cut in half every time you didn't score. And, uh, I really, and we had to write it down. And I really enjoyed Dan putting that half of 76. Uh, or no, what was it? It was half of yeah, 76 was 39. Is that right? I don't know. I was I think, drunk oh, in I my think it was 36 and you said it was 19. That was, that was even lower. It was 36 and you made half of it 19. And Co- compelling Radio 101. <laughs> No, I'm not good at that. I blew it. And after several drinks, I get worse. I blew it in the big spot. Um, All right. Let's see. Anything else in that game? No, right? I mean, unless we want to delve even further off topic away from the Ravens. That's that's the only true... how, where are we on Bounty Gate right now? I, I think <laughs> I, if if we were allowed to take the Cowboys for locks, I mean, I'm taking them. But uh, I didn't think that was allowed. I don't so think I'm you can not. look in the mirror there. Please, Cowboys roll. All right, uh, Wes. Well, it looks like I've got my dream matchup. Titans at Broncos. <laughs> the first quarterback not to take a third down sack in this game wins. Mm. This Ooh. is the battle of third down sacks for both of these teams. Two poor, hideous offensive lines and two um, boring quarterbacks to watch. Mm. Wow, that doesn't sound like you're that excited. I love watching games at that field, but no. I mean, it is a grass field. You you, know, West, your confidence in the Broncos is pretty strong, though. We were talking about this game off air yesterday, and you were just like, Titans aren't going there and winning. You know? Well, I think that the Broncos <laughs> no are way, one of those. They're, they're not a better team than the Broncos. The Broncos are one of those faith. teams that's clearly better than their record, and I've been saying that all year. They have had miserable luck. But do you think they're clearly better than the Titans? I don't. I kind of think they're similar, but I trust the Titans' defense I don't, secondary more. No, I don't think they're clearly better than the Titans because I don't know who the Titans are. I just have no idea who they are from week to week, except that their offensive line is miserable. I came close to locking this game up for Denver because mm. I like them in their building, even though they've lost two games there. They've both been on field goals at the gun. And Tennessee, I don't ever trust them uh, one way or the other, and they're on the road in a tough environment. But, yeah, there's that the Titoons thing where you never know when they have the – 31-13 win up their sleeve just to keep people invested a little bit and keep them on the radar. That could certainly happen here. And in general, especially on another uh, on the topic of the five-game lock losing streak, locking up a one-and-four team just seems like bad business. Trouble, yeah. Philip Lindsay looked great last week. I think Cortland Sutton's developed a lot well. It's not a great situation for him in that offense. But you would have to shoot me with 5,000 arrows before I lock up Joe Flacco on the road or at home. So... <laughs> I'm with you. So you'd have to be killed. I'd have to be dead. It would be a decision someone would make for me by raising my dead hand in the air. Yeah, they'd mimic with your lip. Pick them. By the way, just want to cycle back and take a look at my draft. Not only have I taken... Wasn't this what you were just killing me for? Well, no. This is is another draft where I've won in the end in terms of our actual workload. You can get all excited about these (laughs) games. I have two games. How is that possible? Because I have masterminded the process. Because you should have taken Denver and, 
in Tennessee, and I should have had Absolutely two games. Absolutely not. So I'm just telling you once How again. How do I pick my, last I, and get you I'm have fewer be roaming games than me. Ar- I'll be roaming around that British stadium snake. doing as I please. That is a weird snake. The snake got you. Sometimes the snake bites you. All right, that takes us to primetime football, starting with Sunday night. Pittsburgh at Chargers. I can't believe they didn't flex out of this. I, Greg, you're you're optimistic about all football teams and the, just the general <laughs> idea of football is always I, fun no matter what to watch. I like the sport. I, can, I, I love the sport. <laughs> I have a love affair with the sport, but some teams I just don't get any joy out of watching. I, as much as I respect Phillip Rivers as a quarterback and he's a Hall of Famer, he's never excited me that much, and this year is not getting any better. I don't love watching the Chargers on Game Pass, and now you got Duck Phillips. No, that's the Mad Men character. Who is it? Duck Devlin? Duck Tell- Hodges. Devlin Hodges. Devlin Duck Hodges. Duck Hodges going on the road. Uh, I guess there will be a lot of Steelers fans because it will be in L.A. uh, against the Chargers. But uh, I can't get excited about this. Tell me why I should get excited. This has been one of the toughest Chargers teams to watch, so I agree with you. I think Rivers and Keenan Allen are always fun to watch. Rivers has always been one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch because of how he moves in the pocket and how he throws those mid-range 20-yard throws with his funny, funky motion, and it's so pretty. No one plays football. Throws no one throws, plays football quite like Phillip Rivers, and I like, true. I like players that are unique unto themselves. And, uh, but I'm worried about this matchup. They're a pretty one-dimensional team, and without Melvin Ingram, uh, the announcers a couple weeks ago made a good point. Doubling Bosa is easy. That's what the Patriots did in the playoff game. They doubled Bosa and Ingram every single snap and totally – let, tried to make the rest of their defense, which isn't that talented, beat them, and they couldn't do it. And now you don't even have Ingram, and I think it's a pretty limited defense. And that Duck Hodges might be able to go up and down the field with a nice home crowd here for the Steelers. It's pretty like if this was one of the, I thought, best primetime games of the year last year and how far apart we are from call. that time period where the Steelers look nothing like they did, obviously, because of injuries. And the Chargers – have to be viewed as one of the most disappointing teams in the AFC, a team that even when they weren't disappointing in the past don't seem to live up to the sum of their parts. And this year, injuries have absolutely ravaged, and they've lost Mike Pouncey now at center. And you, you, no matter what's going on at quarterback for Pittsburgh, I, I just don't love the concept of having to deal with Pittsburgh's pass rush. They are wrecking people week after week. They and get better Pittsburgh, every week. Right. They could steal almost any game because of that factor alone. Stefan Tuitt at defensive end, it feels like he's playing as well as any defensive lineman out there. Um, and they're up to seventh in DVOA after starting off the season pretty poorly. The Chargers, this is the problem with in the offseason. You talk about the draft and everyone pretends like they know who these guys are and all, and just assumes these rookies are going to be good. But everyone would say, well, that defense is loaded. And you you know, you know throw in uh, Jerry Tillery and Nasir Adderley, and those are their two big weakness spots. And you plug those two rookies in, and they're going to be great. I mean, I think I actually said no, this people, we so were Greg talking is just about going it. back to the summer shows. I don't remember who was reading off a transcript. I mean, I don't know if I did. I don't remember you like saying that. Everyone say. was saying that. My point is their defense is terrible. They could use these – two guys so much and they can't really get on the field either because of injuries or they're not playing well. They're not contributing anything to a defense that's totally big because you don't know what's going to happen with rookies. Um, Keenan Allen, you mentioned, Greg, who through the first three games of the season was off to a historic start in terms of production. He really cooled off against the Dolphins and Broncos. Uh, You would assume he's been so consistent in his career. He's actually never been held under 50 yards receiving in three consecutive games. In prime time, 
I feel like we are. This could be a, a big Keenan Allen game, and uh, that could uh, mean big things for the the Chargers. If so, let's pick ha- this game. You should no. be happy. Uh, <laughs> it's a Sunday night game because that means it's one thirty in the morning here. It's well, probably the one game we we do not have a chance of seeing. And know, we will pass of- this game off actually as well. So like uh, like we told you, Eddie Spaghetti and Jeremy Bergman are doing Thursday night football, Sunday night football. Burgo's back, star of the 2005 uh, Will Ferrell uh, dramedy, kicking and screaming. People say that movie is underrated. I can't Not say Not bad at it. all. Marcos You're thinking of the other No, no, no. It's the, no, I'm thinking of the soccer one. People like, I think for kids, <laughs> if you have kids, people like it. Well, I will say this. Bergman in it is, uh, he's got range. He's, sort of he's a talented actor. And, and I don't know why he walked away from the trade. But the other kicking and screaming has... A lot more going on if you're looking to be engaged mentally. Hmm. It's and it's not Berg. He did not write this script. He took the role, and it, I think believe Mike Ditka appears in this movie. And there's a I mean, lot of sort of it. star turns. Get but. that residual check to Burgo. But anyway, Burgo will be joined by oh my goodness, the Paramour, Lakeisha Jackson Wessling uh, will be joining on Sunday night to wrap up our uh, podcast. So that's exciting. A uh, great pinch hitter. When you can get a Lakeisha Jackson Wessling off the bench, I mean, anytime you good. can, anytime you can book NFL on Corks Lakeisha Wessling, you got to do it. <laughs> you got <laughs> absolutely. Check out NFL. Just it's called Uncorked, right? NFL Uncorked. NFL Uncorked. Lakeisha Wessling on YouTube. On YouTube. Subscribe. Um, I walked into a shot of her and Will Blackman, former NFL player, now a uh, talent uh, analyst for Sky Sports. Uh, recording the latest episode just last night after the tavern. All right, finally, Monday Night Football. <laughs> we will be back in America um, probably around halftime of this game, I believe. The Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. Nice game, nice game. Now, this maybe didn't look like a nice game on the schedule because nobody was excited about the Lions. Everybody thought the Lions were going to give us another Lions year. And perhaps by the end of December, that will be the case. But so far this season, uh, Mark, the Lions have been entertaining. They've been really good on offense, um, especially their ability to move the ball through the air with Matthew Stafford, who's off to one of the best starts of his career. Their running game is much improved, much improved with Carrion Johnson and friends. And now they get the Packers uh, coming off that win against Dallas, a convincing win, but one where, uh, like Wes said, the Cowboys were able to move the ball. Do you think the Lions will do the same at Lambeau? This is a tough, a tough draw for them. I mean, Green Bay's offense gets a lot of commentary because – of the Rodgers and Matt LaFleur sideline issues that people are glomming onto. I don't really care about a lot of that stuff. They've scored 27 points, 27 plus points in three straight games. I think that offense is starting to gel a little bit. Aaron Jones has been great. But the Lions, if you go back to that Chiefs game, they killed themselves with turnovers. If they, if they didn't, if that didn't happen to them in that game, if Carryon Johnson hadn't fumbled the ball on the one yard line, Stafford had a fumble on the five. But if Johnson had not done that, which was returned by Bashad Breeland for a hundred yard touchdown, they beat the Chiefs and they were the had talk a fourth of the and town. eight. The Chiefs had a fourth and eight on their last drive. The Lions get one stop. The game's over. Right. My one concern one. watching Detroit's defense, and it, I, it was a very Patrick Mahomes esque type. Thing. They just got they they let Mahomes do whatever he wanted to on that final game-winning drive. And I just – Detroit's got to find a way to get to Rodgers and make life tough on him. But 
What a treat that this is actually not a stinker because when I looked at the schedule and they put this here, I thought, you don't put this on prime time even this late into the season because Detroit seemed like they had it. I would have thought they could have been 0-5. We've talked about it 100 but times. But how about my question? What was your Do you question? believe the Lions will move the ball against the Green Bay Packers the way the Cowboys did? Remember? No. I don't. <laughs> They'll move it. They'll move it. The Packers they're not the Dallas offense, have though. talent, but they're, not, they're beatable. They're kind of a boomer bust defense. I think you can run against them, and so it should be a good carry-on Johnson game. I mean, carry-on Johnson, I think, is a top-10 running back right now. It's tricky because there are a lot of good players. But, like, like I would rather have carry-on Johnson than Derrick Henry, for instance. He run, carry-on Johnson oh, no doubt. runs through contact – like a true power back, and yet he's really good as a receiver. I love guys like that, and I, I love the way they're using him. You know, and they, I would think the, this is a big week for him. The Chris Berman primetime shows back on some capacity on an ESPN umbra- under the ESPN umbrella. Perfect opportunity, Wes. I know you you know some classic rock. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's my special. Carry though. on my wayward son <laughs> through <laughs> the secondary and down the field, rumbling and stumbling. Doesn't Berman already use that for someone? You can bring it back. Oh, okay. He's definitely back. cited that song in past. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. I just I didn't want to. No, forget. I was done. I enjoyed your point more than mine. Kansas ref. Uh, when, <laughs> oh yeah, same band of dust in the wind. Yeah, that's them. Uh, when I watched when I watched Lions Chiefs, I didn't get the sense the Chiefs were the better team. And maybe that should have told us something about the Colts game Ooh. the next week. But that I'm, said, they have to win on the road in Green Bay, or else they're two, two, and one. So you know these games where you give a lot of lollipops for losing don't don't amount to much unless you can go win a tough. Uh, <laughs> Take your lollipop. All right. All right, game. I'm just saying they're playing Peak Rogers, and I don't know if this. I has love been, watching Peak Rogers. This has been understated. Actually, I wouldn't say he's quite there yet, but I say as it, every week goes on. We're getting closer back to Peak Rogers. He's physically there. We know that, and it's been fun to watch, and and it's tough. Uh, Spicy, our, our guy, the consigliere, mm. who is a mastermind when it comes to the Vegas, the numbers, putting them all together. He has he only has two rules, and I forget one of them, but the other one is... <laughs> is Spicy no, like your best friend now? <laughs> one of them is never pick against Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't matter. Just don't pick against him. Well, that was the old Mike Francesa line. He was like, never pick against Peyton Manning at home in primetime, ever. And I would say the same thing for Rodgers, and that's why I'm locking up the Green Bay Packers mm, against the Detroit Lions because I do like the Lions and... I am on the same page as everyone here that it's good to see them be a little bit frisky so far this season. Uh, but I just think this is a this is going to be a fun Packers season. And I do. I, you mentioned like people are glomming on to the sideline stuff with Rodgers and and the flower. I love it. I, it's one of my favorite parts of the game. It's like a game within the game, watching how they interact with each other, like little brother and big brother. Only the little brother is well, the well, big brother's yeah, boss. I'm just it's saying that they're not going out there and scoring 10 or 13 points. The offense no, is getting not better. not anymore. They're, they're scoring some points now, and they're making progress. I also know Aaron Rodgers has a lot of pride and a lot of ego, and he's sneaky annoyed that he didn't get to throw any touchdown passes last week, and Aaron Jones got all the shine. <laughs> so he's going to be I, How could you just say you know wait, that? He'll be checking into play action at the goal line at least once. Uh, Mark my words against the Lions if that situation happens. He's going to see a defensive package at the line of scrimmage, and he's going to be thinking, at that moment, Aaron Jones got all the touchdowns last year. I'm going to check into a play just so I can score a touchdown. How do you claim to know that, by the way? He has – I'm just saying I know it. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> he has six touchdown passes through five games. And you could say that Aaron Rodgers is getting closer and closer to being Aaron Rodgers again. Well, he needs to have one of those five touchdown games. It just might happen on Monday night. Mark my word. Watch him look at the defense in his mind, in his mind calculate it, check into the play action to Jimmy Graham, one yard. Paid hurt. I mean, you've come a long way. You've come a long way from locking up against Aaron Rodgers seven days ago. Uh, you got to be right eventually. Did I really? Oh you yeah, you guys both was... picked the Cowboys. Well, that was Either on the road. I, I said to you, what could go wrong, and then everything went wrong. Yeah, you're right. Well, this is going to be different. Well, we'll Devontae Adams we'll going to play. You know, this is the thing. I had. That's I a good had question. The... Where are we at on Devontae Adams? I do not expect him to play for a while. There's been no update. Turf I like no. that Greg is our Dr. Chow. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I just was checking. Dr. Chow. That was Dr. Rack Chow. We're hanging out with Dr. Chow the <laughs> That other day. looked like a very serious injury, a multi-week injury. He has not returned to practice, and there's no, okay. there's been no reason for optimism anytime soon. Hmm. Damn, you're so mean. You know, Dan, I landed here <laughs> in a hellscape for the Browns, having discovered the score upon landing. What what happens to you when we land back in L.A. and your lock has gone into total It's only halftime. It would be only be halftime or so. Ricky, did you really just slack me? Did you lock yet? <laughs> he just did it a minute ago I did it like 94 seconds ago <laughs> Like three seconds before you giggled your butt off When he said, uh, in my mind My mind That's the only part of the show That, that was my explanation of my lock Was Erica. when I was saying, in my mind Everyone's loopy We all got killed with the second day jet lag yeah, uh, I don't know if I want to speak for everybody, but I feel like everybody's on the same page right now. Couldn't fall asleep till 4 o'clock this morning. Yeah, getting like two and a half hours of sleep a night. It's good for about one or two days, and then the human condition starts to impale itself. All right, so there you go. Week 6 preview on Sunday night. We will recap all the games that we just previewed um, with the help of Burgo and uh, the Paramore. And then uh, we'll be back on a plane. But, um, we're, again, we're so excited uh, for our big live show Friday night in London. Keep an eye out on Twitter. If you're, we get this, this is the adjective that we're hearing a lot. Gutted. Gutted. To not be able to get tickets. We're going to try to maybe throw out there an opportunity to get tickets. A lot oh, of gutted really? individuals. Yeah. Mm. I didn't know about this. That's exciting. I'm working with um, a shadowy league figure to free up some tickets that maybe we could do a trivia. So just keep an nice eye out. Nice work, Dan. That's good. Yeah, we'll see if we can You're do only, that. You've only slightly stressed him out with your requests around Well, this, I mean, come on. <laughs> just, I need it. Is he here? Mark, you here? <laughs> no, he's not. But it's, I need uh, the tickets. I've I need them. Like six or seven interactions where you pressed him on these tickets. And I'm pushing him for some just, comps. He's just not enjoying. I mean, the, it's true. The just pretend that our comps. families were all here and we needed them. Yes, we need them. I like this. Anyway, and then uh, Sunday, like we said, we're going to be at Carolina, Tampa. The boys are joining me. I'll be watching that game for the podcast, and the boys will be there too. So you're going. You're going to Raymond James Stadium. In Tampa. <laughs> it's like, where is everybody? <laughs> Playing on the pirate ship. Um, all right. That's it. Ricky, good job here in the hotel room. It's nice and clean. Yeah. There's no, like, uh, clothes laying around. You did a nice job having the room yeah. ready. Erica has a new favorite uh, British television show, which we can delve into <laughs> another time, by the way. I tweeted about it. So what is it? Naked and... Naked dating? Naked attraction. Naked attraction. Uh, check it out on YouTube, American audience. I know the UK audience is plugged in. All right. Let's get out of here. This is Dan Hansa signing off. For the Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and Ricky Hollywood on the bed. Oh!
Till Sunday night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.